So many questions. So many questions. So many misrepresentations. So much confusion. So we asked Al Golden today to definitively clarify for the Canes Nation what he and defensive coordinator Mark D'Onofrio are trying to get done with the Miami Hurricanes defense. Can you clarify just exactly what the general mindset is of the kind of defense that you're trying to instill yeah. here? Read and react, attack, focus. Yeah. There is never a day where we ever talk about read and react. I mean, there's not even, that, that's not even a mention. You know what I mean? Obviously, depending on where you are in the defense, you have a key and then you have to respond. That's defense. Uh, but we do not ever mention the word guy, read and react. Uh, we want to be a 3-4. Uh, because a 3-4 uh, allows you to get more speed on the field at linebacker, uh, allows you to get in and out of under and over fronts, which are four, four down fronts. Again, I'm using different language, but uh, allows you to play with four down or go to uh, an out front at any point. So uh, it allows you to have speed, allows you to attack more. Uh, and again, interceptions are up, you know, uh, takeaways are up, all, you know, sacks are up, all, all that's up, but it's not, it's not good enough, and it hasn't been good enough. Uh, so we have to continue to, uh, to build it. Uh, we have to continue to build our depth. We have to continue to develop our kids. But uh, obviously, we want to attack, and uh, we want to be a dynamic defense. We want to be a defense that can fly around and, and disrupt the passer and get tackles for loss. Otherwise, you, you don't want to be in that uh, configuration. So um, again, it hasn't been good enough. Uh, I hope I'm answering your question. But I want to make sure that everybody, uh, A, that I'm answering your question, and they know what we're trying to get done. And then B, uh, you know, own the fact and, and, and confront the, the, the reality that it, it hasn't been good enough for the last, you know, a couple of weeks for sure. Yeah, I was follow up to ask you before. How significant is choice of scheme in relation to execution? You know, like, like when when coaches choose what scheme they want to implement, how significant is that choice in relation to week to week execution of whatever scheme is chosen? Yeah, I think at the end of the day. You just summed up any any coordinator or, or really any, any entity, right? I mean, uh, you lay out what the philosophy is, you know, uh, what you're trying to execute, uh, and then ultimately it comes down to you know the execution of it. You know, I mean, it comes down to whether or not we're carrying out what we need to carry out in every one of those positions. And uh, the problem with defense is, you know, you 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 can get exposed if you know there's nine or ten guys doing it right on one play and one guy is not. Number one, and then number two. Uh, when you have when you have issues, uh, you weakening other areas by by trying to fix those. Does that make sense, Gary? So I, I don't think there's any question that uh, it in my career I've seen just about every defense. I've been a part of a staff for just about every defense that you can have, and ultimately it comes down to uh, the execution of what you're trying to get done on any single play. That's it at the end of the day. But there's a million different things that we can call. Uh, and we look at that every day. We're, 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 uh, we're evaluating that. We're evaluating our personnel. Uh, and uh, we're making sure we're putting guys in the right position to, to, to execute and, and uh, get their talent into the game. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess the, the other thing I would ask is when you chose this style of defense, what was the thinking behind it? Like, you know, obviously you could have picked any style of defense when you're building the program. Yeah. Why did you pick this style? What was uh, uh, because we, you know, we weren't, we didn't have a, a a million defensive linemen. You know, we didn't have 16 defensive linemen. So really, for the real big guys, the noses, you know, you only needed a couple of those. So obviously, Porter, Earl Moore, we had to bring Renfro in. 
not to have enough to go through the season. Um, but we didn't, you know, we didn't have the depth on the defensive line. We had more, uh, we had more linebackers, and we had more guys like Tyreek McCord that were a uh, hybrid guy, if that makes sense. So uh, again, I think it was the best decision uh, for us, you know, coming into this season, and uh, we'll continue to personnel, but. You know, uh, we're, we're going to have to, you know, continue to improve and continue to, to build that and move forward. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Kane Sport Live. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we're once again getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in Hurricane Sports. Last week, I told you that we would be taking you in for therapy. Tonight, we have the electroshock machines out and humming for your benefit. The more public attention that is focused on this Miami Hurricane defense, the worse it seems to play. A horrible showing against Virginia Tech, which came on the heels of poor performances against North Carolina, Wake Forest, and Florida State, was followed up this past weekend in Durham, North Carolina, by an even worse performance against the Duke Blue Devils. It came on a day when the offense put up 565 yards, even with Stephen Morris misfiring on 10 of Miami's 15 third down conversions in the game. Um, Something that's gotten a little bit lost in the defensive struggles, but if Miami was a little bit better on third down, they might have scored clearly in the 50s and might have put up 700 yards of offense in that ball game. And here was the bottom line. If you take out Stacey Coley's early punt return and just look at the game in terms of offense versus defense, Miami was blown out by Duke to the tune of 25 points. That's called getting absolutely steamrolled, and I don't need to tell you how ugly that performance was. It has increased calls this week and the intensity of them for the firing of Mark D'Onofrio, even though nobody really knows if the recent disasters are totally his responsibility. I ask a simple question. How can something that is that bad, that pathetically bad, possibly be the fault of one man and one man alone? To me, a Mark D'Onofrio firing would be the equivalent of feeding him to the wolves that would only serve to deflect attention from the depth of the problems that Miami has on the defensive side of the football. I have a hard time imagining Al Golden scapegoating his best friend or one of his best friends in that fashion. Now, does that mean there's not going to be any changes? No, absolutely not. I think there will be. But I think that if Al Golden and Mark D'Onofrio together decide that what they're doing at Miami is not working, then it might be more appropriate to totally start from scratch on the defensive side of the ball and let a new coordinator who comes in handpick his lieutenants. As painful as that might be to see someone like Kane legend Michael Barrow replaced or reassigned within the program. The defensive line has been absolutely terrible. The linebackers have been absolutely terrible. The defensive backs have not been very good either. This is a total failure on the defensive side of the football in this past month, really going into about five or six weeks now, and calls for more than a scapegoat firing to pacify an angry fan base. Just my two cents. We'll get into that tonight. As always, this is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646-2048. 646-595-2048. Over the past two days, as always, we also asked Canesport.com subscribers to identify some of the topics they would like to see discussed on tonight's show. Here's what they came up with. 
Is it going to take another loss to Virginia this week to make some changes on the defensive line and in the defensive schemes? Why is there not any penetration from the defensive line? They're so busy hand-fighting, not getting off their blocks. It seems like Anthony Chicklow is always going left to right, not north and south. Why are the defensive linemen not shooting gaps? Why does it look like they don't practice the basic fundamentals of defensive football, like tackling, getting off blocks, playing the ball in the air, getting lined up before the offense snaps the ball? Some people are asking for a position-by-position analysis of the Canes defensive coaching staff. Where was Denzel Perriman this week? Yes, the team's leading tackler. Um, Yes, I I believe he's still the ACC's leading tackler. Um, But Denzel Perriman, like everybody else on defense, Seen the struggle up there at Duke. Why not play the young guys at this point and build for the future and do it during meaningful time of a game, even with senior day coming up on Saturday? Some people even want to bench the seniors on senior day. Not sure you're going to see that happen. In fact, I know you're not. That Al Golden is not going to do that to his seniors. Don't the player evaluations need to get better as well as coaching? We'll talk about that. And the offense isn't escaping fan um, inspection either. Why is Stephen Morris having such a hard time on third down this year? I talked about 5 for 15 in the Duke game, but this has really been a problem the entire season and has polluted Stephen Morris's senior year, in my opinion. Why isn't the number one rated Juco tight end getting real time? What's going on the past few weeks with Clive Wolf? Is Miami looking for a new punter for next year? Yes, even Pat O'Donnell is under scrutiny after a rough day up at Duke. So there's so much to cover tonight. Um, let's get right on to it again. Um, call in number 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. I'm going to start tonight in the 614, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Bill, also known as BG Kane on the site. What's shaking, um, BG? Uh, well, as a longtime subscriber, I, I first not only wanted to thank you, but congratulate you on the news that you broke today. You made Al Golden, you're the, as far as I'm concerned, you're the first media member to make Al Golden articulate not only what his defensive philosophy was, but what he wants us as the University of Miami to be on defense, and that's a 3-4 defense. That answers everything to me. That, except for one thing, uh, not the missed tackling, obviously, on defense. This, in terms of the big picture, tells us why we're struggling. We're struggling because we're tremendously undersized at the front seven, currently. Gary, I wanted to get your thoughts because I think it was significant. A couple, couple questions for you. One, it seems to me now that he has admitted he wants Miami to be a 3-4 defense. Are we going to be living in JUCOs for the next two years? Because I think we have to be. Ideally, we do not want Trevante Valentine and Anthony Moten playing that much, if at all, next year. Because there's a two-year, there's usually a two-year learning curve with the 3-4, transitioning from a 4-3 to the 3-4. Secondly, even if we get rid of D'Onofrio in one way, shape, or another, i got to be honest with you, Gary. I think Al would bring in, uh, I, I think Gold would bring in Al Groh, a trusted figure who knows the 3-4. I don't know if that's better or worse or if it's 
going to be the same thing uh, down the line. I realize my questions and comments have a lot of speculation to it, but I just wanted you to comment on some of that stuff because I, I, the one thing especially, we need JUCOs. I would not be surprised if we are going to go to a 3-4 fully next year, which is a multi-year process, this year being year one, I'm thinking we're going to need at least five JUCOs on the front seven. What say you? All right. Well, first, um, you know, let me start with um, today and, and the Al Golden interview. Uh, my goal of asking those questions was, you know, there's been so much debate and, and so much speculation and, and a lot of people representing Al Golden in what he's trying to get done with the Miami defense. So I thought it was important, you know, with so much interest and so much angst and, and obviously the, the, the firestorm over the uh, performance on Saturday to give, to give him a soapbox to explain to you guys, you know, exactly what he is trying to get done. And, and, you know, he readily admits it's not good enough. It's not working right now, but it, but at least, you know, give him a chance to explain to everybody uh, what his goals are and, and what they're trying to accomplish each week. And, you know, I thought he did that probably as well as he probably can without, you know, throwing his coaches under the bus, without throwing players under the bus. Um, so I was glad that we had the opportunity to do that. Now, um, you're talking about living with JUCOs, and, and I think you're making a great point um, because, you know, I know, and there's different levels of debate on this subject, but w when I look at this roster on the defensive side of the football, I personally just don't see a lot of talent. And I've been saying this for a few years now, and, you know, we keep going through recruiting classes and expecting true freshmen to come in here and make impacts, and it's just not fair. I mean, they can't. Um, you, you know, Muhammad might be a phenomenal player a year or two from now. He should have redshirted this year. And, and that's part of the problem, you know, that I see in that by continuing to bring these freshmen in, expecting them to be immediate solutions because, you know, we're chasing ghosts here at Miami. Let's be honest. I mean, every year, you, you know, the fan base, the school, everybody affiliated with this program is looking for a championship season. Um, and, there aren't many players being redshirted. And um, I, I think that the Chicolo, how much, you know, he, he looks horrible right now as a true junior. Uh, you might not feel as bad about him if he was a redshirt sophomore. Um, and I, I think it's really, you know, gotten to the point where the program's just going around in circles. I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, somebody asked on the post today on the board, you know, project the starters next year on defense. I mean, you're projecting the same guys. And, um, you know, I just don't know how much better it's going to be nine months from now uh, than it is today in this defense with this approach. And, um, you know, so to answer your question, yes, they do need JUCOs. I, I think you see a young man by the name of Michael Weish on the uh, commitment list right now. And, and, and he's a guy I'm sure that they're expecting to come in and play next year. He's going to be a mid-year entry. Um we're going to spend, you know, I decided this week that we would break it up a little bit, and we're going to do a second show tomorrow night that's going to focus totally on recruiting. And tomorrow we're also going to unveil the big board that everybody's been asking for um, on canesport.com, and we'll unveil that tomorrow night, and we'll talk about it um, on a special recruiting show tomorrow night. But, but yes, JUCOs very much are in the picture in recruiting. Um, they're looking all over the place for them. The caveat, I think, is that they want any JUCOs they bring in to be mid-year entries. Um, a JUCO coming in next June, very much the way 
um, now Renfro and, and Gilbert weren't JUCOs, but they were transfers that came in late in the game, and um, they're not able to make as big an impact as they can if they go through the off-season training program and participate in spring practice. So I'm seeing a huge effort all over the country looking for quality defensive linemen that can come in at midterm. And, and um, Michael Weish is certainly one of them, and um, they're continuing to look for more. And, and, and I'll talk a little bit more in detail uh, about that on tomorrow night's show. Um, your other uh, point about Al Groh, I'd be stunned. I, I really would. I can't – I don't see why in a million years you would – you know, fire or, or, or you know, talk uh, Mark D'Onofrio into leaving the program and doing something else or whatever to bring in Al Groh, who is an older coach, was recently fired by Georgia Tech. He failed there. Um, I would be absolutely stunned if Al Golden decided to go down that road. You still with me? All right, guess he hung up. I hope I answered your questions. Um, if not, feel free to call back. All right, let's go now to the um, the 504, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, how are you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? Oh, this is Roland. Hey, Roland, what's up? Oh, man, I don't even know where to start. Um, oof, uh, I called last week, Jared, talking about the D-line. This week, man, it was... Uh, Man, Gary, uh, and that D-line, uh, I, I know it's a lack of talent, but uh, I'll be honest with you, you know the guy, uh, and I, I hate to call our coaches' names, but um, I'm, a, I'm a big Saints fan, and I remember we had Cedric Ellis, and um, uh, what's the D-line coach? Um, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Miami's D-line coach. Um, Jethro Franklin? Jeth- Jethro Franklin, yeah. We had, we had uh, Cedric Ellis. He looked at that guy, Cedric Ellis, when he played with the Saints. The guy never developed, never developed. He was just, just, just body. And I looked at, I looked at the guys from Miami D line, and they remind me of Cedric Ellis. Just a guy that just, I mean, obviously this guy was a first round pick, but this guy never did nothing for us. He had one year where he had like five or six sacks. Other than that, he did nothing, and then he retired. I think, like last year. And it's just, man, we got to, we need to get the D-line coach. We need uh, a new D, defensive coordinator, a guy with some fire and some energy. And uh, Well, now Mark D'Onofrio is not lacking in fire and energy now. Yeah, but, but you know what? It's almost robotic. It's not, I don't know if it's, if he's relating. I, you know, again, this is from the outside looking in. It's just that it seems like he's a guy that He's really related to those kids. I mean, you coming from the Northeast, and no, and no disrespect, you're dealing with a different kind of animal kids in uh, South Florida. So, I, I just don't know if 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 there's a connection between the Mafrio and and the kids that's in you know in the program right now. Um, that D line coach got to go. The Mafrio, man. Well, it, well, now it, you're it, seeing it, my point. You know, you're seeing the point I made at the beginning of the show. You know, I, I don't see how you just scapegoat Mark D'Onofrio. This is not a one-man uh, failure. G- Gary, let me tell you, it, it was so bad. I, I mean, <laughs> it was so bad against Duke. Miami should have <laughs> beat, beat those people 45. It, it could have easily put 45 on 50, 50 points on Duke. 
it was a joke. And when they got the ball, they kept running the same play, just running the ball. And that front four, and I just, I just couldn't really, I couldn't understand why these guys just kept getting pushed out the way by Duke offensive linemen that were undersized. Under, Gary, undersized. You got a guy like Porter has been there four years. Granted, this is his first year playing a whole season, but man, it's just um, Gary. I don't even know. They were getting they, they, pummeled, uh, absolutely pummeled up front. Gary, Duke, not, 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 I would, I, I would, I mean, Duke, of all schools, just look at the stadium. Ain't no disrespect to Duke. You know, Cutcliffe, you know, he had Peyton, Neilai Manning, he got those guys, you know, Hall of Famers. But Duke, come on, man. If Al Golden doesn't make a move, and 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 I mean the D line coach. Like I say, I'm, I was never when Miami brought him in. Franklin, I, I was never a big fan of him, especially coming out of USC. Because even when that when he was in USC in '05, they never really had any major D linemen that came in the league that that were impact guys. And I said, okay, this was a kind of a sketchy, you know, hire, but it is what it is. I'm not a part of the coaching staff, you know. You know, I'm just I was a guy looking from the outside looking in, but. Yeah, in your opinion, um, I'm speechless right now, but in your opinion, do you think that D'Onofrio comes back next year? Do you think that Franklin comes back next year? Now, and can you keep me on hold? I just want to listen, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'd mean, i be surprised. I really would. I, I don't think Al Golden has a choice, really, but to make some changes here. I've, you know, I think it's been three years now. Um, I think you can only blame so much on the kids. I, I, the kids aren't blameless. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, it, it's a to me that was a total, total um, operation failure. Um, not just last week, but really the last five weeks, uh, going all the way back to the North Carolina game, and 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 this season has been in jeopardy of getting totally blown up by these failures on the defensive side of the football. And I don't think you can go into another season um, knowing that this is likely to happen. <laughs> and, I, and I think, you know, to keep everything the same, you would have to accept that there's a strong likelihood that the same thing would happen next year because it's happened again this year. And um, so I'd be really shocked if there weren't some changes. I think the question is going to be, what's the extent of them going to be? I, I've given you my opinion. I don't think that scapegoating Mark D'Onofrio by himself is the answer. I don't think this is a one-man failure. Um, I, I think that, that this is a major, major problem that's holding back all the great things mm-hmm. that Al Golden's done in this program. And I think mm-hmm. he's at a crossroad. And I, and I think the decisions that he makes here in this offseason are going to determine whether he's successful at Miami or not. I totally agree with that. And and, and you, you look at the classes coming in. I mean, I'm, it's not even about the classes coming in right now. It's just about the guys that's, that's in place. And you, I don't see any improvement. It's it's, it's like these guys are regressing and regressing. There has not been regress- improvement. I mean, it has not been improvement, Gary. And I know you got a million callers, but, man, I was just I, – I, I, man, I, I, I watched I watch my, my, my Canes. And I watched my Saints, and I looked at the difference between the two deep. Again, this is Rob Ryan running a three-four, but man, it was just it man, it broke me to watch that deep, watch that defense on Saturday. I just couldn't believe. You look at all the past Miami teams; it really broke me to see, see the yep, team. It was, it was tough to watch. No question. Oh, tough. It was real tough. So, 
I'm 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 gonna just listen in and listen to the rest of the callers, man, and uh, hopefully they make some changes. All right, do I need to leave you on hold, or are you gonna listen on your uh, computer? I listen on my iPad, man. All right. Thanks for calling in. Uh, give us a holler again uh, next week. Great call. All right. Let's go out now to the uh, 770, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? You with us? All right. You're going to have to call back. Um, let's shoot now to another call from the 770. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Who's this? Yeah, this is uh, Tony calling from uh, Atlanta. How, how's it going, Gary? Doing good, Tony. What, what you got tonight? Gary, it was just it was just so disheartening watching that Duke Miami game on Saturday. I mean, I'm, I'm a former Kane, and I, I played football for many years. When did you play and in Miami? I was actually a walk-on. I was a walk-on down there in '93 when we had Ray Lewis. Dwayne Johnson, um, Frank Costa was the quarterback, you know, those guys. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I worked my butt off, you know, just to try to make it on the field. And I, I didn't get a chance because I had so many guys, you know, ahead of me. I had uh, Donnell Bennett, Larry Jones, um, Ferguson, Daniel Ferguson, and James Stewart. Had I, you know, went down to Miami straight out to high school, I probably could have gotten some playing time because Coach Erickson, he really, you know, liked the way the, that I played. But first and foremost, Gary, let's get back to the game on Saturday. To me, was just totally not Miami football at all. It was so embarrassing just to watch those guys. Just, I mean, we're talking about Duke, 300 and what, 58 yards of rushing, not passing, rushing on Miami Hurricanes. That is just not cause for. Somebody, unfortunately, they have to go. Defensive coordinator, Mark D'Onofrio, defensive line. Actually, I mean, what you've been saying all night is not only just, you know, those couple people. I think might even more people need to go. This is just not cause for. This is totally not cause for. If I'm a, a booster, how can I support this, you know, when I know that we have so much talent and there's more that can be done with the talent that we do have? How can I support this? I just can't. Well, I, think you, I, don't, I don't think one thing has anything to do with the other, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, I think people like to tie the two together. But, you know, if, if you're a supporter of the program, I don't think you stop supporting the program because the defense is having a hard time. I, I just think that, you know, Coach Golden is going to have to obviously take a real hard look at this. And, and he's not a guy that makes excuses. And I, I don't think he's going to be in denial. I really don't. Um, they, they have huge problems on that side of the football. And, and it's far beyond um, – you know, just what schemes they're running and, and what play calls the defensive coordinator is making. And um, I think it's his biggest off-season challenge, obviously, and I, I think he's going to embrace it. I, I'll be very surprised if he doesn't. You know, I'm a big believer in Al Golden. I think he can be a great head coach here, but, um, you know, this is a tough moment, and a lot of them have been through it. You know, um, I remember sitting with you know, with Jimmy Johnson in, in 1984 um, at Bayside Marketplace in downtown Miami, and and he literally was in tears over how hard 
he was having it at Miami and, and you know, how he inherited that, the coaching staff and things were all messed up and he didn't have his own guys and, um, you know, how hard it was going to be to get everything straightened out. Um, you know where Jimmy Johnson went from there. Um, you know, we, we've seen it. You know, I, I remember planes being flown and, and banners and campaigns at Mark Light Stadium to you know, for when Larry Coker was going through tough times at Miami, and I know he failed at the end of the day as a head coach later in the game. But this is a guy that that, that took this program to two national championship games, and I think you got to give him some credit um, for that. Um, Butch Davis went through so many hard years. Um, it took him six years to get to double-digit victories. Okay, um, so they've all been through this. They've all been sitting in that same seat where Al Golden sits today. Um, I remember. Butch Davis having to fire one of his best friends, Bill Miller, uh, the defensive coordinator, and he brought in Greg Schiano. He identified a bright young coach who was going places in this game and brought in Greg Schiano. And even though Schiano didn't stay long enough to, to be part of the championship teams um, under when Larry Coker became head coach, um, I, I think you know Greg Schiano made a very positive impact in the time he was here. The defenses did get better under him than they did under Bill Miller. So th- this is not a seat that all these great head coaches that have been at Miami have been in Howard Schnellenberger. I remember when he had a fire Rick Lance and he brought in Tom Olivadotti. Um, you know, you can go on and on and on and um, it's part of being a head coach and you got to make these tough decisions sometimes. And um, I'll be very surprised if he backs down from it. I really will. Yeah. I just, you know, just noticed like just, just this year um, there's been some firing at USC with Lane Kiffin. And then you bring in Ed, what's his name, Ed Orgeron? Orgeron, yeah. Okay, and then there's been firing Texas. at, uh, you know, Texas, yeah, with their they, defense They've played better, yeah. I, th- I think you can look at yeah, Auburn. Look at, look at yeah, Auburn. Auburn, I think what, they win one game last year. They brought in that guy, yeah. Ellis Johnson, who's a big – Ellis Johnson, I don't know if anybody knows who he is. He's a, he's a big-time defensive coach, and Auburn's gone from one victory, and, you know, now they're sitting there competing for the SEC title this year. So – you know, coaching does matter, and, and that's why I say this is a total operational failure. This is not just the players. I mean, the players are right. screwing up left and right, but, you know, it's not just their fault. I mean, they're clearly not being prepared well enough for these ball games. They're, they're not waking up on Saturday morning knowing what they're supposed to be doing out there. That's kind of obvious. And, you know, this is not just a one-man disaster. I mean, Mark D'Onofrio is not in every meeting room all week. Um, you know, I, I made a post last week on the board talking about I think some people don't quite understand the, the dynamics of a coaching staff. You know, the coordinator does the game plan and, and sets the policies and stuff, but it's all the other coaches that have to work with the individual position groups and get those kids ready to play on Saturday. And and that's not taking place. And I like all, you know, you, you, we all love all of it. They're all great guys. I can't – there's very few coaches that have been at Miami in the 30-plus years that I've been covering the program that I wouldn't call great guys. I mean, many of them are my friends today. I, I speak to them on a daily basis, you know, from all over the country. Um, but, you know, right now what they're doing is not working, and Al Golden can't afford any more years of this. I mean, he just can't. It's been too long and hard of a road, and he's done too many good things to let his career and his time at Miami blow up with what was going on on the football field on Saturday. And I just I just don't see him accepting that. I really don't. Right. And and not to stay on, you know, much longer, Gary, but to make matters worse, how many coaches did Florida State get rid of last year? 
a ton, right? Oh, they, they got rid of about five coaches. Yeah, but they all left. They didn't fire any. They left voluntarily. But he did. Jimbo, give him credit, man. He he did a great job <laughs> rebuilding that coaching staff. He hired that exactly. defensive coordinator from Alabama, and um, you know he was already coaching the offense. And they haven't missed a beat, which is really surprising because I thought they would. I thought they would too. I thought they would too. Yeah. And one last one last thing, Gary. The offense of coordinator um, Coley. James, I mean, James I know Coley. this is just his first. Yeah, this is just his first year, so he kind of like get sort of like a pass. But there's times, too, when I'm watching the game and I'm like sitting here saying, you know, it's third and one, or actually it's second and one, and you throw a, a bomb or maybe a slant down the middle. Why not run on second and one, whereas your offensive linemen outweigh the defensive linemen by 40 pounds? You know, they're trying to and do both. They're, up, they're, and we you know, end they're, up they're having to punt. They're they're trying and to do like, both and 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 you know I, I come on I mean Coley's been fine this year he's I think he's been really good in most games I mean every now and then there'll be a play that you might not agree with because it doesn't work um, you know if that pass play on second and one goes for a touchdown um, you know we're not sitting here talking about it you know you had that play uh, from the one yard line that was a pass um, to Alan Hearns uh, that Stephen Morris threw behind Allen if if he throws that pass correct that's a ninety nine yard touchdown play. Um, Stephen Morris has been more uneven than people probably realize. I mean, he, he, Oh yeah. Trust me. I know. Yeah. He's had great moments and he's had rough moments and, and that has held the offense back a little bit. And I think the other thing that really hurt the offense this year was all the juggling on the offensive line. I don't know if you're noticing, but they're doing less juggling the last few weeks and they've been playing much better. Uh, coach Golden said Brandon Linder played his best game of his life this past Saturday. And, um, you know, so I don't think the offense is a problem. I really don't. You know, I, I think right now all attention has to be on straightening out this defense. I agree. All right. Thank you so right, much. Thanks for calling. a lot, Gary. Uh, yeah, give us a shout again next week. All right, let's shoot out now to the 813, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? How are you doing, Gary? This is uh, doing good. Who's Stonewall this? Junior Miami. How, How are you doing Stonewall this week? Junior Miami. All righty, how uh, you doing? Uh, uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm still trying to recover from Saturday. Um, <laughs> you you and all the rest of us. <laughs> hey, um, I got a couple of questions. and uh, uh, my, One of my questions is, uh, Saturday, uh, do you see that the defense, I mean, did it, it seems like they just say, well, they're going through the process and everything they've been going through, what they're trying to do out there to, to get it to work is just not working. It just seemed like they quit it. And I want to know, can you answer that for me? If, they, if the defense did they look, they just quit it Saturday. Um, I, I think they looked. I think they played so bad that it looked like they quit. <laughs> oh okay. no, I don't think they quit. I think it looked like they quit. That's how. That's how poorly they they were playing. I saw effort out there till the final whistle. I, I, you know, this team character is not a problem on this team. Okay. The second question I have is, what what Al Gordon said about the three four defense. I, I know you said tomorrow you're going to talk about recruiting. Will you think yeah, that um, effect? Okay. I I think we'll do. I leave that question for tomorrow. Yeah, um, no, yeah. I'm going to talk about recruiting tomorrow. But if you're if you're asking about the three four defense, I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show. Um, but we did play a, um, a, a brief interview with Coach Golden. 
um, talking about his philosophy on defense. Were, were you able to hear that? Yeah, I heard a little bit of – do you think that will hurt in recruiting the, the kids that think they could come in and play early? That's, that's one of the questions I, I have today. I mean, right now there, are, there, are no, there are no signs that it's going to hurt in recruiting. As, as we sit here right now. Now, do, does what has happened the last few weeks open the door for all these schools around the country to negative recruit like crazy and try to get in these kids' heads? Absolutely. You know, I think you know, you're going to be life and death to hold on to Trevante Valentine. Um, I think it's going to be life and death to hold on to Chad Thomas. Um, I think it's going to be life and death to hold on to Demetrius Jackson. Um, you know, just for starters, wow. you know, those three guys, I, yeah, I do. I, I think it's going to be life and death. But as of right now, I think they're all still committed, and, um, you know, they're, 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 it's not an issue right now. Okay. And, and another thing is, my, my thing is, uh, the, the system, I, I think last time I said the scheme, and maybe I was using the wrong term, but it seemed like, like I said last week, it seems like what they're trying to bring down here is not fitting the, the personnel of the kids. I, I, it just seems like the kids are, it seems like they're really trying. I mean, to me, it's like they're really trying to, to get it down. And I don't understand why the linebacker is going out there trying to cover a slot receiver. I I, I just don't understand that, you know. And, uh, I, I mean, is it, is it, do you think the kids just looking at us, okay, this is not working? Uh, is it just our fault that we can't get it down packed? I mean, what, what do you think is the, the really the issue with these kids? I mean, they keep saying they're simplifying it, but it seems like they're having a hard time getting it down packed, what they're supposed to do. Yes, they are. They, uh, they are having a hard time. And, and I think that they're, they're challenged from a physical ability standpoint, to begin with. So, you know, you take the fact that you're challenged physically, you're playing with average defensive linemen, um, average linebackers. Um, Denzel Perriman's the best linebacker on the field, but he's short, and I'm not convinced that he always sees the play as the play is developing. Um, you know, and, and you're playing with young defensive backs for the, for the most part, and um, so you're challenged from a physical standpoint and a talent standpoint to begin with. And now you add to that that you're not preparing well enough for ball games, and you're making mental errors left and right all over the field, and it's a disaster. And that's what we have right now, a disaster. And it seems to be getting worse and worse every week because my guess is as you're trying to fix it, you're pressing, you're changing. Um, that looked like a pretty darn vanilla game plan to me last week at Duke. Well, you know, vanilla gets you beat. You know, where yeah. there, there were I didn't see too many linebackers shooting into those gaps that those Duke running backs were going Maybe. through, and nope. and I didn't see, see you know a, a whole lot of pressure being brought or anything. You know, it looked to me like a very basic, simple vanilla game plan where they tried to simplify the defense for these players that in the Virginia Tech game were making mentals all over the field. And I think what happened in this right. game was now the mentals were made at the line of scrimmage. And yes. you know, I thought I thought Olson Pierre had his worst ball game as a hurricane. Worst yes, I did too. Yes, I did. Oh. You know, I, I yeah. Chicolo. Even though they said he played great, I didn't see him doing much. And Any, um, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I got one more question, and this gonna be the I think the big question. I, I, it just, it, I'm just throwing it out there. Um, do you see? Do you think the Miami 
have the money to bring back a Bush David? I, I mean, do you? No, the, it, has I mean, no, it has nothing to do with money. Why would Butch Davis, who's been a head coach now for what, um, fifteen years, I think? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I know, I know, he doesn't have a job right now. But you know, why would Butch Davis come be the defensive coordinator at Miami? And why would Al Golden want to hire a guy that wants his job like that? I mean, I and Butch Davis turned down the head coaching job before Al Golden was hired. So no, I think that's okay. you know, there's no uh, chance uh, okay. that that's happening. Okay. Uh- well, just keep me on. Just keep me on live if I can get the rest of the show. All right, not a problem. Thanks so much for for giving us the call tonight. Um, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We have open lines if you want to get in. I'm going to go now out to the seven eight six where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, how's it going, Gary? Doing good. How you doing? Well, Gary, you know I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm I'm really hurt. You know. Maybe even more hurt than it at halftime, but you know, it's got a got a contributing factor to the fact that you know our defense has been playing bad, and you know the the coaching on the defense. You know, I know you're going to get this all night, and I'll feel this, and I'll feel that, but you know, I, I want to cut the guys some slack. But I, my main question is, do you see any any name or hear any name out there to replace Denofrio if the Canes do fire Denofrio? No. Um... Well, you know, first off, you know, I, I think that, you know, A, you know, like I've said, you know, very consistently, I don't, I don't think it's the failure of just Coach D'Onofrio. Um, I don't know if it's a matter of cutting him slack. I don't, I don't think it's, it's necessarily that, you know, how, how you put it that way. Um, but there's just way too many problems for it to be blamed on, on one guy. Um, but given that there are going to be changes, you know, probably be changes, um, you know, we're not going to sit here out of, you know, you guys don't get the benefit of knowing these guys the, the, the way we do. And, and I'm going to tell you, um, you know, Mark D'Onofrio um, is as nice of a human being as you'll meet. He's, he's a really good guy. He's got a really nice family, um, very nice wife, very nice kids. Um, you know, they play in youth leagues with, with uh, you know, other people's kids and things like that. And, and, you know, we're not going to sit here and start putting out hot lists of defensive coordinators uh, while he's the defensive coordinator. We're, we're just, you know, not on canesport.com. We're not going to do that. Um, you know, when, if the day comes that, you know, he steps down or, or the decisions made that he's not going to be the defensive coordinator anymore, um, we'll have a list ready for you, I promise. But, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're going to be better than that. We're not going to do that. And, um, you know, I think that's the right approach. All right. Yeah, I respect that, Gary. And uh, for my last question, uh, I've been noticing in a lot of our, re- our, our past games, we keep having uh, injured players on the on the field. Uh, what is the cost for that? Is it do we need a new strength and conditioning coach? What is are we are we weak, soft? I mean, help me out over here. Well, I mean, they made so much progress in strength and conditioning in the off season last year, and I think there was the perception because of how well they held up in the Florida game that it was a finished um, process. And I think that what we've seen over the last four or five weeks is is it, it is not a finished process and that this is a program that still has a long way to go in that strength and conditioning department uh, to be where it wants to be and needs to be. Um, so I hope that answers your question, but um, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't know that that means you have to replace Andrew Swayze. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. Um, 
you know, they have made a lot of progress in that area, but they're not there yet. All right. Well, thank you, Gary. I appreciate your time. Anytime. Um, give us a call again um, next week, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the uh, 305, where you're now live on Game Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. How are you? Doing good. Who's this? Shmyra 55, third weekend of Hey, what's up, Shmyra? I'm, I'm retiring if we uh, give up this, if we lose this week. I'm not calling anymore. <laughs> um, no, we love actually, we love your calls. You know that. Yeah, well, I'm trying to bring. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for uh, Steve, though. I'm waiting for Steve to hit the hit the line. <laughs> the legendary <laughs> Steve. <laughs> I can't only imagine what he's going to have to say this week. But uh, anyway, right. so what you got tonight? Well, uh, no, I just got a few different things I wanted to bring up. Um, you know, last year's team, if you remember, you know, down the stretch, obviously our defense was pitiful and the offense was good, somewhat similar to what we have this year. But last year we were missing, you know, Curtis Porter. We had uh, Perriman. Obviously our best defensive player was out. And this year we really, if you think about it, our defense has really had not had any major injuries at all. I mean, this is – you could say the whole team has basically regressed almost from last year to this year with really only getting a year, you know, with a year extra maturity because everyone said that they were young last year. And obviously we lost a few offensive players, but I mean, we are this year basically was a total disaster. I mean, from we have not played one complete game, maybe the South Florida game, you could say, and at the time they were a pitiful team, but I mean, we have not played one good game the whole year and the Florida game and they are what they are. We were very lucky to win that game. (laughs) Just wanted to, yeah, so, you know, with just with the, you know, just with the lack of injuries. Um, this is another question. You know, I don't. No one really brings this up. I mean, but the turnover and roster of just players coming and going, whether they get kicked off the team, whether they leave on their own, I, whoever knows with those things. I don't know the answer. But what do you think is the reason for that? Because those are filling needs, and there must have been five or six defensive linemen. I don't know if they were good or not, but I mean, we have no one. No, I mean, what, do you know any like the Inside of that, what exactly? Are they not fitting in? Are they doing the wrong things? Well, what's going on with some of that? Do you have any I think insight it's a con- on that? I, I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a combination of everything. I think some of them have been behavioral issues. Uh, I think some of them have been talent issues. Um, you know, guys that, you know, just weren't good enough to be in this program, so they helped them relocate rather than sit here and, and take up space. Um they're but yeah, worse it, than, it, I mean, and, and I hate calling out names, but you're telling me these kids could be worse than, uh, you know, those linebackers at Armbrister, what's it, uh, Tyrone Cornelius, uh, the, the safety who I think you could probably – I really would line you up at safety before I'd rather see him. <laughs> I'd really love to see that. That would make my day. Uh, well, I you know, Gianni I mean, Paul and um, Eddie yeah, Johnson, here's, got, got in, they got in trouble. I mean, he's got to be better, right? Well, they got in trouble. Right. Gianni Paul and Eddie okay. Johnson got in trouble, had to leave. Um, you right. lost a guy like Storm Johnson. I mean, how good would he have looked in this program this year? Right. Um, it, right. it, it's hurt, man. It's it, it's been the equivalent of being on probation. I mean, it really has. I mean, you're talking about forty plus guys now. I think um, over the last yeah, three since since Al Golden's taken over, that had to be jettisoned out. You know, I mean, that's a that's a ridiculous no, number. Um, I think they're getting closer to being to to, to to having that problem behind them. Although I do think there's at least a half a dozen or so, if not more, on this roster right now that are kind of in the same position. Yeah, you know, I, I I do agree. And I you know I brought up this point on the board the other day. And you kind of 
you know, didn't go with it or against it. But I think we all, I think everyone knows that the defense is definitely our strong point. I mean, our, huh, sorry, I did not mean to say that, our weak point. But, I mean, I think with the, the offense could help out the defense a little bit more by slowing the time. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know the other day, Miami is blowing them off the ball. I mean, it's hard to find a good point of last week's game, but we easily could have ground, you know, ground, you know, just grind it out five, six yards at a time, give the defense a time to adjust whatever they may need to do instead of going pass, pass, pass. And I know the other team, I know Duke had a very bad secondary. I know it's, I know Morris could have whatever, but maybe not put Morris in these third and eights or whatever it may be. I mean, we really could have taken control of the game, I think, a little bit more and also in weeks past try to not get in this, like, fun and gun and get into a shootout. I mean, that's one of the, you know, I you know, just want to think what you, what you thought about that because I think we really could have done whatever we wanted on offense, but we put it in Morris's hands. And, you know, and I have my own thoughts about Morris, and you follow recruiting just as, you know, many years and obviously 20 more years than I have. Stephen Morris coming out of Pace High School was not supposed to be anything more than a filler on this team, and that's basically what I see him as. I never thought of him as an NFL quarterback, and I don't like to say anything bad about anything, but he was a three-star player, and that's basically what I see him on the field, and that's all I really thought he was. And when all you, everyone was saying he's an NFL caliber player, I call, and I'm seeing this on ESPN, they have him the fourth-ranked player, I think they're crazy, and that's basically what he is. He's a three-star filler for the last two years because there's been no one else out there, and hopefully he's not a franchise player, and that's exactly what he's legacy at Miami, I think, will be. And everyone's kind of blamed this ankle injury, but I'm not buying it that he's that unmobile because he looks pretty mobile when he wants to be. So that's all yeah, I he's, have to he's, he's better now. Steven's problem is he just doesn't see the field very well. And um, and he's not improvising. That's the problem, Gary, all. after five years, that you're not, or four years, that you're not seeing the field very well. well yeah, you didn't either get it or you don't. Uh, right, of course it's a problem, but, but and and that's why you know you're seeing some of the issues that they are having, even though there's a lot fewer on offense than defense. I'll tell you this: I think there were times this year, and and this is just my own opinion based on just observations. Stuff I like that your they, opinion. I like your opinion. They, <laughs> well, I, I think there might have been times where it was at least in consideration, and I say this because Ryan Williams probably was the most improved player on the team this year that nobody's well certainly nobody's gotten to see it but um he really has improved and um he's improved to the point where i i know i never would have predicted that he would be the starting quarterback next year um i would say now he's the leader to be the starting quarterback next year but and, and it's not even close right now um so you know we'll see if olsen's able to make up some some, some um some of that gap in spring practice. And I know Kai is trying to get in here at midterm and see if he can compete um, for that job. Um, I'm expecting a, a tr- I think Gray Crow is going to transfer personally, but I don't expect him to be able to compete. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it was under consideration just because Stephen Morris has really struggled at times. And, and, it, and it was a lot of it was because of the injury. Um, but I think Al Golden decided to stick with him because he's a senior and Al Golden really appreciates what these seniors have been through, and and he's not going to sacrifice them, including this Saturday. Um, even though you know it might be time to play a younger guy, I, he's going to let the seniors go out in class, um, and yeah. that's probably the right thing to do. Yeah, I'd love it to go out there Saturday, and instead of seeing Tyrone Cornelius, seeing you know 
the uh, the linebacker from Miramar or to see Jamal Carter instead of, uh, you know, whatever the other, the other safety's name. Ty Smith, yeah. yeah, sorry. I'm just, I, you know, that had a few drinks in me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I don't really disagree. Tough. I mean, I went from pins and needles every game to basically saying, I'm expecting this team to lose. And, and it's all, I mean, if you think about this, the comparison three years of Randy Shannon and three years of Al Golden, and I hate to say it because I, I did do my research and looked at the, you know, just the, the team. And I, you, just if I wanted to just bring up a quick game comparison, if you remember the game at Florida when you had uh, Ja'Cory as a true freshman and then you had Sean Spence and all these kids as true freshmen, and you're like, wow, this team has potential. These are young kids, but this team came to play. And, you know, and they could really be good. And then after a year, two years, three years, they're like, yeah, these kids aren't doing anything. They're not regret, You know, they're just regressing. And they basically are. Ja'Cory hit the – after the FSU game just kind of went downhill and so did just the whole program. I'm starting to see kind of a little bit of a similarity here. You're seeing a lot of kids not develop, a lot of kids not see the field. The kid, you know, that Jelani Hamilton, I mean, he was supposed to be everything. The kid can't even sniff the field. If he can't beat out some of the guys that we are playing now, then, I mean, as far as I know, I don't think we're going to see it. But I don't – what do I know and what does anyone know? But I don't know. I'm seeing – I'm not seeing anything, you know. If next year, if Ryan Williams is the starting quarterback, I see a very similar year to almost this year with this yeah, – Next year is going to be tough. Yeah, we're going to the same thing. Schedule is going to be tough next exactly. year. You're yeah, looking at possible uh, season opener at Louisville. Um, from what I'm hearing, right. um, they they just added Cincinnati to the schedule um, right. a, a, as a second um, as at a conference game at home. Um, you know, obviously you're going to play Florida State at home next year, but you're going to have to go to Virginia Tech. Um, so it, next so year's schedule is not. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I think I think at Louisville might end up being the season opener. We'll have to see. Um, how that shapes up, but um, hopefully yeah, Bridgewater gonna... won't be there because that would just be, you know, the total, the full cycle, yeah, would... you know, to see that come around. But, but we'll see. You yeah, know, I, it's, yeah. I, you know, they just got to get their act together on the defensive side of the ball, and it, it's. I don't know that it's going to be an overnight fix, no matter who the defensive coordinator is. All right, Robert. Yeah. Anything else tonight? All right. Huh? Anything you got? No, anything else it. tonight? That's All right. Hey, thanks. Other good stuff. All right. Thanks, I'll see thanks, you soon. thanks as always for calling in. All right. We appreciate it. All right, bye-bye. All right, uh, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Time to go now to the uh, 347, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, what's going on? This is Kwame. Hey, what's up, Kwame? How you doing this week? <sighs> My heart is heavy, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't think in, uh, what, almost the 18-plus years that I've been watching Hurricane football, and I, and, I, and I really started watching during the down years when Butch took over for Dennis Erickson. I was a teenager then. And I remember, you know, in 2000 when, okay, now this team, from that 99-2000 team, you know, when Butch really had some players that you really saw, you know, his magic, uh, not only in recruiting but in developing talent. Maybe, you know, those guys that have broke don't fix it. But refresh my memory. Didn't all the championship defenses at Miami run a four three scheme? Uh yeah. Oh, I understand Al Golden's explanation not having enough defensive linemen to properly run for it. 
However, at some point in time, you know, I don't get peace of mind. You know, we bought the head because of his defensive prowess and how he's developed talent at Virginia and Temple. So, and I, last week when we when we spoke, you know, I wasn't on the the fire the off you know bandwagon. I was, you know, I definitely pointed out that he doesn't have the talent level to kind of execute some of the things that he wants to do. That being said, I expect my defensive coordinator to cover up some of the uh, shortcomings of his team. And it doesn't seem to me in the three years that we've been in this 3-4 system, he's done a good job at covering up the team's deficiencies on the side of the ball. Well, and you're right. I, I mean, that, that's where he has failed, no question about it. And, and, you, and talk, you know, there, but there's other failures as well. I think there's failures that, in getting the players ready to play. You know, there, there's that's failures true. in getting the players ready to play on Saturdays. I think there's failures to some degree in um, evaluation of talent at times. Although, you know, in fairness, that first recruiting class of, of Goldens was was thrown together in a month, yeah, and they, and they really yeah. didn't have time. They didn't have time to evaluate. You know, and the two recruiting classes before that, the last two of Randy Shannon were as bad as you'll ever see um, in college football. So, you know, that's why you are where you are today. I, um, I, I, you spoke earlier about throwing the Arsenal under the bus. I don't want to, you know, uh, let him off the hook by throwing Jeffro Franklin under the bus either. Um, you know, this is the Jeffro ran a 4-3 at USC. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. have any problem with those B linemen out there. Um right. I, I would say that, you know, if we're going to start, you know, you know, getting rid of people uh, and, and couch it under the guise of, well, these, you know, position coaches are in charge of laying out the coordinator's vision, or well, if you know your front seven has a problem, if I'm the coordinator, my name's on this defense, I would spend extra time in those meeting rooms. I'm not saying that the uh, offense has not done that, but it would yeah, seem to me that, that the championship teams of the past ran a 4-3. You know, the deep tackles were looking to shoot the gap and make plays in the backfield. We don't have those, you know, big, you know, Alabama-type uh, nose guard, nose tackles to be stout at the point of attack. We don't – I mean, even though Curtis Porter is bigger and stronger, I, I like what Swazi's done with the strength and conditioning program. Um they don't have. It hasn't translated the, into performance. I'll tell you that. It hasn't. It hasn't. And I, and I don't want to throw. I, I just. I just. I want to point out that you know if changes are going to be made, I feel they need to start at the top with the defensive coordinator. Now, I don't want to throw Jethro under the bus because he's executing a scheme that you were uh, drawing up. You don't have the talent level to play three four. I, I would like to see. I don't like to see Sharon Green as a stand-up linebacker. He doesn't have the lateral quickness to do that. Okay? Most of the time I see him, you know, trying to get to the ball. But on certain times he does drop. And he's, he's not an outside. He's just not caught the upshot out there. Okay? I think the scheme that they're running is not suitable to the talent level on their team. Nor is, when you look at the, the rocks that they bring it in, all of those details uh, they're not nose guards. Maybe that kid watches, but they're not nose tackles. Those, those guys are one gap shit, hit a oh, quitters. I'm trying to get to the quarterback. Whites and uh, Cortell Jenkins, I believe, is is going to fill that role also. 
Porto, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm from the Northeast. St. Anthony's football is not exactly a powerhouse up there. If he was coming out of Don Bosco, I might give him some love. But, <laughs> you know, he's not really a highly rated guy. He looks like, a, you know, a spot filler because they, they didn't want guys in the rotation. I, I'm looking at guys like, you know, Bolton and Valentine who could just be playing 4-3 schemes. And you know, we'll, definitely, we'll see. Uh, you know, maybe they switch back to a four-three. You know, they're bringing eight, at least eight or nine defensive linemen in in the next recruiting class. Um, maybe they go back to a four-three next year. I would hope so. I, I would hope so because this cannot stand. I, I'm, I have, like I said, I've not been fired at the Arsenal camp until now. You, you, you can't give up four out of five pass games in their five hundred yards of offense. I mean, 358 rushing yards to Duke? To Duke? Yeah, it was disgusting. I, it, it really that's, was. That's, that's, you, you, you can't. I know this is his friend. I don't want to put it out there like we're trying to escape those you know, things, but at the end of the day, this is a business. This, you know, which we're in the business of winning. And, and, and right now, their weakest link is on defense. And it's been that way for three years. How long a lease does a guy get? Well, I don't, I mean, I, I think Al, Gold, Al Golden still has, you know, as he should, um, a lot of time left. But, you know, I, I think that this is a key moment in his time here. You know, I, I think he has to be honest about where they have problems. And I think he has to be honest about what he might have to do to, to try to fix those problems. And if that involves personnel changes, I just, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't see it being a scapegoat situation. I, I, and, and I have to believe if, if, I, if I'm seeing the problems and, and I think they're more than one guy, then he's got to see the same thing. I've got to believe you know, he's got a better seat you know, certainly than I have. So, you know, we'll oh, yeah. see what happens. Um, anything else we'll this week, see. Kwame? I've got a bunch of people that want to get in. You, um, you got anything There's else one this week? Thing. If, if we want to talk about hot names, uh, you know, if, if I had my dream list of coordinators, how about we pluck that guy in Blacksburg, they Bud Foster? I would love to have him running my defense. Well, um, Al Golden's tight with Bud Foster. You know, I don't think there's any question about that. But he's also tight with Frank Beamer. <laughs> and, uh, and I have a pretty hard time I have a pretty hard time envisioning um, Bud Foster being stolen from Virginia Tech to come down to Miami. I just don't. I don't see it happening. All okay. right, Kwame. We'll talk Thanks to you next lot, week. Man. All right. Yep. Thanks yep. for calling in. Okay. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Time now to go to the um, seven seven zero, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this week? Hey, Jerry. What's going on, Royal? Hey, what's up, Royal? Where's seven seven zero? That's in Atlanta, Steve. That's my boy. I don't yeah, know why man, I didn't call we get, yet. We get a lot of calls from Atlanta. Oh, he might be on. He might be next. I, I'm seeing I'm seeing seven seven zero on the board. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting on Steve. But go ahead, Royal. What you got this week? Okay, man. I got I got a lot to say, Gary. Um, basically, uh, well, you heard me when you said it. Uh, I heard that. I heard you heard me when you said Bush was off his job. He turned it down. That's, that's the first time I ever heard of that one. But okay. We'll move on. Um, basically, uh, you know, Gary, you, everybody got their opinion, and I want you to hear me out for a second. Um, we need to stop blaming D'Onofrio, okay? Golden has already told you guys that he oversees every aspect of the program. And for some reason, we got this infinity 
foul Golden. Now, I, I used to like the guy, too. But Golden is the problem. The guy is stubborn. He's not going to change his system because that's what he believes in. All right, wait. That's Let me stop he, you for one what, second. That's what he wants to run. Let me stop you for one oh. second, then I'll, let you, then I'll let you continue. What do you mean he's stubborn? Like, what, what have you seen that you would call him stubborn? In what he, uh, okay, in what he wants to do on his defense and his offense. There are times in the game where you can clearly see that the offense needs to stick with the run. They don't want to do that. They want to be this so-called high-octane pass all over the place, just like that Duke game. We was running all over them. Got down to the 10-yard line and did not run the ball anymore and wound up selling for a field goal. Stephen Morris has not shown you that he can get the job done. I don't know what's wrong with that kid. I talked to him, before, talked about him before, but you got to rely on your running game. You're bigger than Duke. But, see, that's our mentality, finesse. Finesse. Our offense is finesse. When you can clearly stick with the run, keep rotating those running backs and wear a team down. And he told a blatant lie on Joe Rose uh, this week. When he said, uh, well, we didn't want to get into a shootout, we wanted to um, control the clock and keep them guys on the sideline. No, sir. No, no, you didn't. Because you were trying to pass every chance you got. When you could have rotated those running backs and you could have you could have ran for them 300 yards. But that's not what you want to do. And we keep blaming this defense. Gary, yeah, it's real simple. A coach figures out, now everything you said about recruiting and all that, yeah, that's true, but there is some talent on that team. There is some talent on that defense. I've been following recruiting for years. All right, where is from it? Your, where is it? From your who, who from do you, your who do you can, Wait, wait, time out, Royal. Who do you consider? Oh, my goodness. Uh, where do you okay, consider the talent? Where's the talent on the defense? Gary, if you run, who? okay, you talk yeah, about let, let the me linebackers, right? What, okay, what player, I'm about to ask what you a question. Starter, Wait, wait, time out, Royal. What starter, name me the starters on the defense that you think will be drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft? Oh, that's easy. Denzel Perriman, no question. Have you ever stood next to Denzel? There's, okay, I bet you Denzel was bigger than Zach Thomas. What are you saying? That kid got a heart, he runs like a Mack truck. And he hits like a Mac Maybe. When you, maybe got, when you got that kid maybe. running the wrong way, dropping into a zone, he needs to be playing in the middle. He maybe. needs to be playing middle linebacker, Gary. All right, maybe third round. Maybe. I'll give you Denzel. Who Uh-oh. else? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Gunner is a, is, a, uh, is a safety. You can't see that? He's a safety, and he can hit. Ladarius Gunner is a safety. We're I'll playing, agree. Okay, he, I'm gonna he'll get... He'll get drafted. I don't think it'll be in the first three rounds, but he'll get drafted. Go ahead. Who else? Yeah, yeah, not, not, not in the first three rounds, but what I'm saying is, okay, so, we keep so, talking about impact, what these guys. Where's one, where's one impact player? One. You can't and, okay, see him okay, because okay, they back it up. <laughs> they're back. They're going backwards. They're going away from the ball every play. Okay, who would be an impact player if they were going forward? Perriman, Gunther, uh, maybe Howard, uh, Rashad Jenkins. Oh, and my man Dion Bush. He, you know, he's had a tough time. But Dion Bush is a is a star. He could Dion be. Dion Bush is a star. But we haven't seen oh. it this year because he's had uh, what is it, an appendix or well, something. He didn't even play until two. He didn't really play until two weeks ago. Yeah, you could tell he lost his confidence. But Gary, these guys, you can look at these kids, man. 
Okay, I tell you what. Let's look at the Florida game. The intensity, the intensity they was playing with, the excitement they was playing with. They're not even playing on with. They're not even playing with that excitement anymore. You know why? Because whatever this guy, this head coach is telling them, it ain't. They ain't buying into it. He, he, he can't excite them. It ain't D'Onofrio, man. It's your head coach. It's not D'Onofrio. Please stop blaming him. Go, I man. I used to like you know, here, go, I, go, I, go. I'm the first one the to say it. This is, it's a group effort. You're you're preaching to the choir with me. I I, I love your point. I it's. It is not just D'Onofrio. It is a group effort. Right, and you you blame the head. You do not blame the the underlings and all. You blame the head. Well, the head. He stands up and takes takes a total responsibility for it. Yes, he does. But you got to share it. He stands up and carries it. The guy is a a smooth, slick, used car (laughs) salesman. He got the tie on. Come on, man. The guy, he's smooth and slick. He knows it. One thing about Golden. He knows exactly what to say to get you to buy in. He know here's the thing about I think about coaches style. Uh, Coley, Golden, they know how to talk to kids. They know what to say to get them to buy in. But when they get them on campus, they don't know what to do with them. That's why you got so much turnover. They don't know what now. Now kids getting in trouble. That's misevaluating. That that's what it's all about. You you evaluate a kid. When you recruit him, you're looking at transcripts, what type of kid it is, you know what I'm saying? You evaluate a kid. He's been very misevaluating his own talent. Now, Randy guys, okay, whatever, whatever. But like you said, and you, I got to give you that. His own guys, the last three years, the turnover is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And i tell you this, too. If you took Virginia Tech coaching staff, and put him with our kids right now, we will have one loss, and that will be the Florida State. And you wouldn't have got boat raced in the second half of that game. And I really believe that with these same kids on offense and defense. And I'm going to let you go, Gary, but I'm also tell you this. The way he handled Stephen Morris this year told me a lot about him. That kid should have been bitched. He should have been bitched a long time ago. He's I'm a sure senior, they thought about it. Yeah, he should have been that kid a long time ago because you know why? Hey, kid, my job on the line. I ain't got time to be playing around with you. My job <laughs> is on the line. It's his job, it, he needs to know his job is on the line. What are you doing playing around with this kid? He's running out there. He throwing a touchdown. Then he throwing a crazy interception. We're not even going to go back into that. But yeah. it, it's just ridiculous, man. He, you he has not had the kind of senior year that everybody was hoping he would. Right. Well, I mean, the thing about you, you telling everybody on the and I think the players bought into this, too. They're like, well, damn, you're telling me that I got to work hard every week in practice. I got to bust my tail. But, wow, I'm looking at Chigolo. He barely making plays. I'm looking at Stephen Morris. He can basically do whatever he want to do. He's going right back in the game. And I guarantee you them kids, to a man to themselves, they're saying that. It don't matter what I do in practice. I'm not caught. It don't matter. Because they're going to play who they want to play. And you think about this when Chicolo first got there. They moved, um, what's my man's name? He went to the Giants. Oh, man, they moved him inside. He was an end. The dark-skinned kid, the bald-haired kid. The two ends were supposed to be, man, I can't think of these kids' names. The one end played for the Dolphins, and the other kid, 
He got knocked out by a freshman. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. I'm trying to remember what you're talking about. Yeah, we moved him inside when he was the starting in on the strong side to make sure that Chicken don't get that starting spot. I'm like, wow. Hey, 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 all coaches do it. All coaches do it. But I'm telling you, them kids, they look at that type of stuff. You're talking, about Alan, type Bailey. Of... You're talking about Alan Bailey. No, no, after Alan Bailey. I'm not talking about Alan Bailey. We're talking about the kid. No. He was a big kid, real talented kid. But he got knocked out by a freshman kid. He was messing with the kid. And they wound up kicking the kid off the team, but he stayed on the team. And when Chickalo them came, he got moved inside. I'm like, what are they moving him inside for? He was starting the end. But, like I said, all coaches do it. And I'm like, one more thing, I'm going to go, Gary. This right, thing, all, me, and Steve, me and Steve, we talk about this all the time, but I told him, before this season started, when I found out, that we turned down that game with LSU, that told me everything I need to know about the direction yeah, a lot of this program. Like, a lot of people didn't like hey, man, that, but you, know, but you know what? That it, was, it was the start of it all. Move. That was the it start of it all. It probably I'm was a smart you. move for right now. Probably a smart move for right now. Hey, it, it might have been, but hey, man, this ain't the Miami we know. And this I is know. Crazy. Hopefully, hopefully it will be within the next few years. Give it. A, I think it's going right, to take but, another couple but, of years, unfortunately. But, all right, Royal. No, hey, thanks. Year four and five, it'll be the same thing. We need to make a change, man. Have hey, a good it took Butch. It took Butch six. Now you got to be fair. Hey, but but okay? but the team, but uh, only, on the push, the teams are always getting better, though. I I know they they got a lot of work yeah. to do, but at least they're they're going to bring in thirty plus kids this year. So we'll we'll see yeah, how that yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah, he's starting all over, and the only one bit of fin is him. He he's is starting money. all over. He is. I man, I, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Our fans don't want to hear that. Uh, starting all over on defense for sure. All right, Royal, I'm going to let you go. Give us a call next week, okay? Hey, Lee, Lee, Lee. All right, let's go out one more time to the 770, where you're now live on Team Sport Live. What's up? What's up? It's Steve. Hey, man, shout out. Thanks for the love. What's up, Roy? You know what I'm saying? Hey, I got, uh, I got to go. Uh, I'm sorry. I think I, I, I think I just, I think Roy wanted to stay on hold. I think I just, I, think I, I just bounced him, but uh, I'm sure he'll call back. Steve, you're legend okay. on Kingsport.com now. Everyone's like waiting with bated breath for your weekly phone calls. Oh Lord, well, that's, hey, well I hope I don't. So, um, disappoint, I'm giving but, you the floor. Uh, you got the floor. What do you got man, for us this week? Man, it's one eight hundred four one one pain. I've been in a lot of pain, man. I'm about to call the lawyers. It, it, it hurts. It hurts real bad. But I'm going to start with, why do Al Golden have so much time, Gary? Why? Tell me that. And well, i tell you why. I mean, I, I don't it's, think... only, it, it, it's only been three years. This is year three, and you've spent two of them dealing with the NCAA. I mean, you, you know, you don't think he deserves five or six? No. No, not with this man. Anyway, let me tell I mean, you with... why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. He... He was getting paid. It wasn't like he was working pro bono and saying, okay, since we're going through this, I'm going to, I'm going to work for free. You know, he was getting paid to do a job, you know. He, and when I look around, if I didn't look around and see us coaches coming in in similar situations and doing a way better job than he is, I, I wouldn't feel this way. But when you look around college football and, and you see teams and coaches doing so much better than we are, with less, I, I don't see why he deserved more time. We're paying him two million dollars. All right, let me let's let's just talk about Butch Davis for a minute, okay? Butch Davis in year three, when you know when we went through those tough times with probation and stuff, went five and six. 
Okay, uh, I think I think that's where we are right now. You know, you're not five and six, but I think you've been through that type of period. You know, you you've had to purge forty plus players from the roster. You've had to recruit under the cloud of the NCAA, which has kept you from being competitive for the elite players in the country. And you know, when Butch Davis was going through a tough time like that, he went five and six in year three. Okay, in year four he got it up to nine and three. In year five he got it. He was stayed about that level, um, nine and four. Um, blown out. Now you know we're talking now. Okay, year five of Butch Davis. Okay, nineteen ninety nine. And I want you to know that Miami got blown out at Virginia Tech forty three to ten that year. Um, as as one of the losses, um, and it wasn't really until year six when they went eleven and one that that Butch really had his breakthrough. And um, you know, so how do you make an argument that Al Golden has gone through all of the things that he's gone through? And you know, we all know that he's got huge problems on the defensive side of the football right now. How do you make the argument that he doesn't deserve five or five or six years? I mean, and if you want to compare to Randy, to, to Randy only getting four, you're going to be right. Randy probably should have gotten more than four, but um, you know that's a whole other debate. No, he that no, no, he shouldn't. Have. Randy, Randy brought it down on himself. I was supporting Randy, just like I was supporting Al Golden. But when do you see that? You know, when 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 do you realize and wake up that these guys just they don't got it? And by the time, what's, what's going to be different? What makes you think anything going to change? He can't. You know, when I look at a coach, I look at a coach who can take nothing and make something. You know, there's a lot of coaches who can do that out there. You know, it's like these coaches quitting on these, on these players, and they want to throw these players under the bus. They need to jump under the bus. All of them, I drag them. You know, it, it's the- ridiculous. Steve, they need a mate. They need a. They need to wipe the slate clean on defense. I totally agree with you. It is a total, unequivocal mess. It is a total look mess. Our, look at our offense. We can't even run a slant. We can't even run a screen, and we haven't been able to do so in seven years. We, well, the reason we they couldn't run the screen this year is because Stephen Morris couldn't throw the pass because of his because uh, oh, of his uh, ankle. Gary, Gary, we got to stop this. Me and you know better. I can throw I can throw I can throw a screen on my knees with one hand tied behind my back. It ain't here throwing it, they just don't practice execution. They can't throw the slant neither. You can't throw the ball to the tight end over the middle neither. We don't even throw the ball to the middle of the field maybe once a game. That's why our offense can't score when we need them. When we needed a drive against Duke Every pass was to the sideline. Every pass. Not one pass over the middle and the middle wide open. No, no. You want, you want to know why? You want to know why? No, Did no, you see I, what happened when Stephen Morris threw over the middle the other day? Well, that's <laughs> he why we practice. That's he doesn't see the field play. well. He doesn't. He doesn't well, make the right reads. He just, he, well, you know, that's. I, I get that, Gary, but that's why we got Coach Al Golden not to make the whole team suffer for a blind for a blind quarterback. You know, well, I don't think we can make the argument. We can't make the argument that Ryan Williams would have done better this year than Stephen Morris. We, we can't well, say that. Hey, I didn't say Ryan throw the ball across. We can't say he would have been done better. But why sack? I didn't say he's been Stephen Morris for the whole year, but maybe a quarter. Maybe try to salvage a game. Don't just let the whole season go down without attempting to salvage the game. That's what I'm saying about the defense. We call our defense is looking to the sideline. The whole 
every play like they're going to do a different defense and then go out there and line up and that same man cone. It's ridiculous. Why are they looking over there when they're going to get the same play? They might as well just stand up and look and see, you know, get ready. What are you looking to the sideline for? It's just ridiculous what is going on down there. They make, they're making a mockery of the U, man, and, and it needs to stop. Let me let me look. Let me see what else I got for you because, you know, it's, we can go on and on about about them. But with the NFL, the reason our players are not getting drafted in the first round, Gary, is because they're not getting developed. If you look around the league, you see a lot of players that we had going the third, fourth round. They're starting now because they're with a coach who know how to teach them how to do the right thing. Did you notice that? Have you noticed that? Yeah. Have, have you noticed over the last few years how many players from Miami have went as free agents and go to the NFL and start? Yeah, Daryl Sharpton yeah. was one. Yeah. yeah. They're, not, they're not getting developed. Ain't the Sam players. Shields. We gotta, yeah, Sam Shields, one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best in the NFL right now. You know, it's, look, at, um, look at our running back. Who went to who went Tampa? Mike I James. Heard, yeah, I feel for him. What round yep. Oliver Vernon went in? Third. Making all kind of plays for the Dolphins. Come on, man. It is not these kids. It is the system we are Steve, running. It, it, it's, it, it, at times it is the kids. It's also the coaches. It's all. It's everybody together. But Yeah, it's everybody together. But we got to, hey, until our coaches make some changes, and show they're trying to do every time everybody say they're doing something different and they're trying other things. But when I see them line up, it looks like they're lining up in the same defense ninety nine point nine percent of the game, Gary. And that that and that's the honest to God truth. With the offense, everybody saying it was just a that offense was shut down. They had plenty of opportunities to score and keep up with Duke. But Duke held them but I don't know how many times we went three and out at the end of that game. And couldn't get it done. So it's both sides of the ball. These last couple of weeks, when we needed the offense to make some plays, you know they couldn't do it. They going three and out. So if yep. you got a good offense, when you look at great offenses, they cover up those bad defenses. When the defense give up forty, they score forty one. If the defense give up twenty eight, they score thirty two. You know, so that offense is not without blame. Without blame. Definitely without, without, um, not without blame when they can't run a slant or a screen. Or they, want, they refuse to throw the ball to the running backs out the backfield consistently. All you got to do is run a couple of, um, what they call it, when the, when the running back just go out. If you do that, that'll keep the linebackers from blitzing on you. And swing pass. Yeah, run a few swing pass to keep the linebackers honest. You know, it's a lot. We don't do that would help us out. They it's they like, threw one or two of those Saturday, from what I remember. I think we, you know Stephen was actually actually getting to his second and third reads better last week than he has maybe at any time in his career. Yeah, yeah one or two. We need more of them. We need like we need maybe six or seven to get them linebackers honest. See, when you get outplayed doing... by Duke by twenty five points, you need a lot of things. Yeah, well, we knew that before we played. And and if you take that punt return away at the beginning of the game, they got outplayed by 25 points by Duke. So, hey, 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 go ahead. hey, Steve, our, our, the lines are blowing up tonight, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go and let some other people get on. But thank you, you know, so much for calling, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing what you have to say next uh, week after the Virginia game. 
All right, man. Hope we win. All right, Steve. Thanks for calling. All right, let's go out now to the uh, 225, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's going on, man? Who's this? Hey, this is Jason, man. Hey, I all got right, a Jason, few things. Got? I, want, I got a few things I want to say, man. First of all, I'm not for, you know, firing Al Golden, but the first thing I, I got to say is, you know, in the in the conference, the um, the post-game um, – interviews, he always say, you know, it's enough blame to go around for everybody. And then he also say, blame me, blame me. Okay, I'm going to blame him now. I'm going to blame him. He's going to get what he asked for, isn't he? Hey, hey, look, I got to blame him now because, you know, what he's doing, you know, he's hanging on to his best friend. And and this is what I look at. Well, you don't know that yet. Well, I mean, the You don't know that yet. You got to wait and see what happens after the season. You're right. I guess I, I will wait. But one thing I want to say is this. Okay. Al has to look at it this way. Is it the program that you're more invested in or you're more invested in your best friend? That's what I'm looking at. You know, he's always talking about moving forward, and I say move forward without uh, Coach D'Onofrio. I don't want to move forward with him because one thing he's doing, you know, he moved to the 3-4 defense. Everybody's saying it. Everybody's saying it. And I know you're saying it too, Gary. First of all, we don't even have the players. We don't have the players to run a 3-4 defense. Um, and, you know, you look at people like Shea Green. Shea Green is not an outside linebacker. Come on. The dude barely can run. So he's not an outside linebacker. And, you know, um, I was, it's funny because I was listening to the guy before that, Steve, and he was saying, you know, he put a lot of emphasis on the, on the offense. But one thing I must say is the offense, it, it is, it's okay. It's okay. It's not great. But it's okay, and I do agree with you when you say uh, it's Steven. It really is Steven, man, because he doesn't see the field well, and he doesn't, you know, throw short passes well. And uh, one thing I must say about Steven, boy, he's really taken a, a lot, you know, from Al Golden. When, when he, I guess he sit down and he listens to Al Golden a lot because, man, he, he just he's like a tape recorder. He says the same thing that Al says. And I'm just wondering, I'm like, okay, Steven. When are you going to get it together? When are you going to get it together? And another thing is... Uh, I think he's uh, about out of time. Huh? I, I think he's about out of time to get it together. He's got two, two three, three games left. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, but let me ask you this, um, Gary. How much time does Al have on his contract? Oh, because he's got he's, many, many years left. <laughs> I think he, well, he, his contract was nine years, so I mean, he's got at least seven left. So, um, so that, no one's looking to see Al Golden fail. You have to understand that Al Golden, you, he's he's a guy you want to succeed, and 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 everybody out there who's listening should want Al Golden to succeed. I'll, I'll totally agree. He needs to make make some moves here. Um, he, he he, you know, he has huge problems on the defensive side of the football that he can't be in denial about. I'll totally agree with that, obviously. Um, but you want him to ultimately be successful. I agree. I do want him to be successful. But, you know, it's, this is, you know, you, you have to look at it this way, man. You came in to turn a program around and win. I mean, you, you, got, you got your BFL. All right, wait, time out, time out, time out, time out for one second. What if they go nine and three? Now let's just play what if. What if they finish the regular season nine and three, and you've made the jump from six wins to seven wins to nine wins? Okay, 
That'd be great. That'd be great. But I mean, yeah. I mean, as disappointing as the whole thing is with the way Virginia Tech and Duke went, I mean, that is still progress. It is progress, but you really have to look at it, though, uh, Gary, because we did play a few cupcake games. We played well, no a question. Cup- the schedule was as easy as could be this year. No argument. The schedule was easy, and Adam, they set it up that way so we can win some games. But I'm going to tell you something. Attrition is really going to hit this team this year. You know, you like to say that, that Al, you know, we're going to give them about two years. No, I, I beg to differ. I believe that it's going to take another three to four years because Al it is might. turning over that roster. No, no, just, just, just remember I said that. Al is turning this roster over so fast because you, you, when you look at it, okay, you're looking at this this recruiting class right here. You got about probably about six of them that are in the bubble right now because of uh, Miami just lost the last few games. You know, you got about six of them that are in the bubble, and then when when you do get those probably five decent players, five I'm gonna say decent to really good players, they're gonna come in, and the other guys like uh, Earl Moore and Corey Corey um, the defensive tackle I can't think of his name Corey um, Corey King. Corey King, Corey King, guys like that, they're going to move on. They're going to transfer, just like you said, uh, Gray Crow, he's going to transfer. So what I'm saying is the roster is going to continue to turn over, and you're only getting about five decent players in the class, and the rest of them are fillers. Just like one of the other callers said, the rest of those guys are just fillers. And so Well, you, I don't you know about that. I, you know, you, I think that remains to be seen, you know. I mean, you already said that yourself. You, you, when you start looking at the, the talent, I mean, they're, they're really average guys. You're getting the most out of those guys already. They're not, you know, you, 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 can't, you can't name, you know, I guess about 10 studs on the offense and defense altogether. You can't name 10 yeah. studs. I'm, and and, and you're making a good point. You're making a good point. I'm not sure there's an instant freak in the class. Um, you know, I, I, I think Casey McDermott, as an offensive lineman, has a chance to play pretty quickly. Um, I, I like him a lot. Um, I like that Darian Owens kid a lot. You know, I think he might be an instant impact guy. Um, Michael Weish better be an in, instant impact guy. I think Year B will make a contribution next year. I mean, there's guys in there. Um, we'll see how Chad Thomas does, and um, you know, Demetrius Jackson will probably take a couple years. But um, but I, I think your point's well taken. You know, this is me, not me, an instant fix. Let me say this. Some of the guys that you're saying, I believe they will be able to play, but but this all goes back to red shirt gear. Look at Duke Johnson. I believe Duke Johnson is a stud, and everybody else probably do as well. But the problem is Duke is not really ready right now, but he really needed a, a red shirt. But we don't have yes, the talent, so Duke has to play. I mean, he was the best player last year, if you really yep. look at it. Yeah, but – they they needed him so bad. So so what I wanted to ask you was this. Why is Al Golden wasting Bo Sandlin right now? Why is I don't he think he's wasting him. him. I think they're developing him for next year. You know, I, I, year. I think you I think well I think you know, you had Walford and you had Asante Cleveland this year who have both been playing. Bo has played some, um, but I think next year he's gotta be in the top two rotation. No, no, what what I'm saying is this. We know that physically he's probably not ready to go against up, you know, go against no, he wasn't. one talent in, in terms of blocking, but I'm saying as a pass threat. Cause Clyde, you haven't honestly, needed him. You've got all these receivers. You haven't needed him for that role. 
but you do need them to space it out, though, Gary. That's what I'm saying. No, no different than what Steve said when he said you always throw to the sideline. They always throw to the sideline, and I know that's partial, partially Steven's fault. I don't think that's but fair. I'm saying, I, I don't. They, they throw square ins. They throw. They've thrown different routes this year. It's not all. I mean, yeah. a lot of it's to the sideline, but not all of it. But the square ends, and I guess this is, you know, it's, it's a little, we deviate a little bit, but the square ends is straight to number one all the time because that's his number one read. And they're also, I think they're very hesitant to throwing the ball into the middle of the field because Stephen Morris doesn't see the middle of the field well. And it doesn't matter whether it's game or practice, you see him constantly throwing interceptions when he throws in the middle of the field. He just doesn't see it right. well. He doesn't see it well. But then on top of that, you know, like one of the callers said, you know, one thing about seeing he'll go to the sideline, he go joke and all that play, play and everything, and that's what upsets me as well. Steven doesn't take it. I guess he doesn't display his his discomfort in his play, and that's my problem. Steven needs to get it together and, and, and at least, you know, uh, I guess look down at his check downs a little bit more or something. I, I don't know. And I believe that's, that's, that's what – and I'm going to let you go, but I know that that's what Jed Fish comes in. And right there, in terms no, of the I'm, coach I'm a, I'm a James Coley believer, too. I don't believe there's been a no, drop-off there. No, 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 no. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying James Coley is good in terms of recruiting, and he does a good job with the play calling, but I'm talking about in terms of development. Jed Fish developed him a little bit better. Uh, now, he's doing a great job developing Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams today is way better than he was a year ago. Yeah, that really so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out next year. I, you know, I think, you know, James Coley is a great addition to the staff. I agree. That remains to be seen. So we'll we'll see, man. But one thing, the last thing I want to say, man, I tell you what, uh, I heard on the radio today. Now I'm in Baton Rouge, right? I heard on the radio today they were talking about the different possibilities of uh, people, uh, like who who would uh, LSU play in a bowl game? And they said uh, they may play. We may play Duke, and it was like, oh my God, why would we play Duke, man? No, they may, don't be shocked if you don't see LSU-Miami in Atlanta. If Miami wins out, Atlanta's going to be very tempted to take Miami for guess, TV. And you know what, Gary? Honestly, I don't even want to see that. Uh, it'll, be scary. it'll be a scary uh, scary thing to see. I agree. I, All right, I let, me let, let me let, let, me let you go. Ahead, i got Gary, a ton go of people that want to get on. Give us a call next week or even tomorrow night. We're going to have our recruiting special uh, tomorrow night for everyone that's listening. Um, same time, 8 o'clock. We're going to talk recruiting um, tomorrow evening. So if you want to call in tomorrow night, please do. But uh, thanks for calling tonight. All right, we're going to go back-to-back calls to the 305. We're going to start with this one. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing? Hey, Gary. How are you, man? Who's this? Uh, this is Sino 305. Hey, what's going on, man? What you got tonight? All right, so a couple things. Um I've been reading, you know, some of your opinions and stuff, and I, I think, like everybody on your site, we're all waiting for you to sort of <laughs> to sort of put Golden on the spot when you interview him. You know, at the press conferences, he's always sort of beating around the bush about, you know, who's responsible, we're all responsible. But we all know, I don't think there's one person that's a Canes fan that, that doesn't think that the defense is completely embarrassing. So I think everybody. I think he I thinks the wants, defense is embarrassing. <laughs> but what's he what do you he's, he's never once he, said that though. And, he's you know, not going to say it. Why? Why would he come out and say my defense is embarrassing? My my coaches are doing a shitty job. My players aren't doing a good enough job getting ready for games, and they're blowing assignments left and right in games. I, uh, we have I think we have a total shitstorm on defense. Why would a head coach come out and say that? 
because I think if you saw another prominent head coach with this kind of situation, they would probably say that. I think a guy like uh, like Saban or one of these, you know, top-notch coaches or Muschamp or whatever, you know, don't you think they would come out and say, this is embarrassing, this is not our product. He's sort of just so, he's sort of, you know, mechanical about it, like, like it, like it's part of the process. But this uh, well, is a I real mean, problem. no. I mean, he, he regularly he keeps saying it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. I mean, I'm sure he feels the same way all you guys do, and you know, the rest, all the rest of us do. I mean, but he's not going right. to come out and start, you know, trashing his people. He puts right. himself. No, out no, I get that. I get he's you not going to trash his people, but, but the point of what I'm trying to say is. We would love for you or, you know, one of the, I guess it's you because that's, you're the person I'm speaking to, but we would love for somebody to sort of kind of put him on the spot and, and make him sort of, you know, you know, uh, sort of deal with the fact that this defense is, is, has been a, a complete embarrassment right, let me ask you a question. history of this I'm going to give you a chair. I'm giving you a chair right now in his weekly press conference. What what question would you ask that hasn't been asked? Okay. I would I would put him on the spot when he says that. Well, what would you say? No, better, no. Ask the question. I would say. Ask. Yeah, I would say when I, I would ask him about the defense and why they performed the way they did. Yeah, how would you says, ask it? Ask a real question. What would you say to Al Golden if he was right in front of you and you could ask him anything you wanted? What would you say? Okay, I would say, Al, why is it that after every game, you tell us that the defense is going to get better? But for the past three years, we've been saying this. You've been telling us the same thing, and it hasn't changed. Okay, I think Hello? he's. I mean, I think he's kind of been asked. You know, I, I think what he consistently says is it has to get better. I, you know, it has to be fixed. Now the problem but, is, they're but not, it hasn't they're changed. Not and at some point, it, well, yeah, no, they're failing. They're changed. failing what? at fixing it. Right. So the only thing that's left is to change. Is to try. I mean, you can't change the people. You can't change the players. You know, you have the players that you have. You're adding to that, Correct. but, I mean, you can't just change them. So, I mean, we're all expecting him to uh, to hopefully fire the, the defensive coordinator at the end of the year. That's right? just scapegoating, in my opinion. Uh, I, I, if, if, if you do, not, me, not if, if they're not if, developing the players the if, right way. It's not him alone, though. You have a whole yeah, staff of defensive coaches. If he decides that a change needs to be made, and I have no idea what he's going to do, to just pin well, it all on one guy – to me, is scapegoating. No, it's not pinning it on one guy. You're changing the whole... Obviously, if you change, I think, the defensive coordinator, you're changing the whole staff under him, right? The, the assistants well, that's and all what that. I, that's, what I, that's what I think you would have to do. I don't think you could of scapegoat course. one guy here. No way. Yeah. No way. It's the, whole, it's the whole staff on that side of the ball. It's D'Onofrio down. And if he were to do that, it's not scapegoating because the only other thing is to, for Golden to leave, too. And obviously, we don't want Golden to leave. I think he's a great he's great at what he does, but he needs somebody different than him that doesn't just take orders. Somebody that can actually implement their own system and some sort of be ideas. an equal. But uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think he needs some new ideas right now. I agree. No, no doubt about yeah. it. Okay, so um, obviously we agree on that. And then the last thing I was going to ask you is, uh, two, well, two things real quick. One. Do you expect you expect them to actually go through with this? Because you know most people are set from you know, people knows. I'm talking to. I would yeah. be shocked if he didn't make some changes. I really would. I mean, I I think it's you know it's pretty obvious that they're they're kind of hitting the brick wall right now with these kids and and you know they just need to make. To me, it's pretty obvious they need to do something. The kids are not happy um, with D'Onofrio at all. Well, I'm not saying that. I haven't heard one kid say he's not happy with Mark D'Onofrio. So. You know, I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that. 
I just think that, and then you know, you, it, it, it's, I think it's kind of obvious that there's a brick wall there right now and, and that they've slammed into it and they're not getting better. Uh, they have not gotten better this entire year. And I think that's alarming, you know. That is alarming. All right, let me let, let, me let you go because I, I got a whole bunch of people that want to try to get on here. Um, give us okay. a call uh, next week or if you want to talk recruiting tomorrow night, okay? All right, thanks, man. All right, thanks, Amelia. Thanks for calling. All right, let's go now. Um, let's stay in the 305 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Gary, what's up? Who's this? It's Bruce. How are you, buddy? Oh, hey, what's up, Bruce D.W.? How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm good. How's your night? <laughs> oh, we're doing good. Didn't know. <laughs> we're doing good. We're doing good. A lot of, you know, a lot well, of people have a lot of good stuff going on, so... Uh, yeah, I hear it. I hear it. I, you know, I hear it. Listen, I, you know, I've, I've been reading everything on on the site and talking to a lot of former players. I texted you that before, and I got to tell you, a lot of them are pretty pretty damn upset, just like just like the rest of us fans. They just can't understand. But as you said, and it's it's, it's not going to happen until uh, the season's over. But I believe that he's going to make changes. I cannot believe that he's not going to make changes and risk losing some of these top players that he's got coming in, and whatever fan base is left, a percentage of these people too, because I think we've had enough. Uh, so it's not golden, it's not just Anafrio, but I think he's got a clean house on the defensive side of the ball and get some new blood in here and, and, and change the way they play. I don't think it's just D'Onofrio. I think they have to change the way they play. They're not playing like the Miami Hurricane players of, uh, you know, of the past. Yeah, I agree. You know? And, and people talk about stars. I see everybody on your site talking about stars. But we've had this discussion before. We've had it on we the radio shows. How many stars did Russell Maryland get? How many offers did Russell Maryland get? He got one from Illinois State. How many stars was Ed Reed? So the stars, to me, are irrelevant. But you've got to have a system in there that, that's going to make these kids play to their potential. And I just don't see it as a, a one or two callers, either Steve or whoever else was calling, were saying, these guys are backpedaling. You can't play like that. You know, you, you know when I, I just talked to Dwayne Starks about an hour ago. He can't believe the way they're playing defense. I talked to Benny Blades before. I made some calls. Just maybe I'm missing something, but they're all saying the same thing. You can't play like this. So I, I'm, no one is saying that any of these kids don't like D'Onofrio, but I don't believe that they're buying into this, and it's obvious from what's going on in the football field. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's issues all over the place, Bruce. And yeah, I think there's issues in identifying the right players for what they're trying to do. I think there's issues in how they're being prepared for games. They're they're clearly not showing up on Saturday with a full understanding of what they're supposed to do out there. And and then you know the performance is is just not good enough once the whistle goes off. So yeah, and you know, we used to have we used to be able to in the in 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 the, in the past bring in guys and change their positions. But I haven't seen them do that as much. You know, we had Sapp play tight end. He becomes a defensive tackle. Why? He had great speed. You bring defensive ends, you make them tackles. You make linebackers defensive ends. I mean, Jimmy did that. Butch did that. I don't see that. Our defensive line has absolutely no speed whatsoever, none. Uh, I talk about stars. What, Chicolo was, what, four-star? He's a no-star as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I want to see guys like Muhammad play more. I want to see McCord get in there more. Somebody mentioned Jelani Hamilton. Where's he been? I mean, how, how bad must he be if he can't even get on, on the field? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're going to see some of these guys play a little bit here in these last couple weeks. I mean, it's senior day on Saturday. He's not going to put the seniors on the bench. But 
Um, I do think not if the start he won't, but I think these guys have no. some of these guys have to start playing. I think Ryan Williams should be playing because if there's any possible bright spot for next year, he's got to show it. I think this kid has to play. But they're going to have all the, you know, Virginia. Hopefully, that you know, they, they should be able to beat Virginia um, pretty handily at home this week. And um, I, you know, I think the Pitt game is going to be a tough game. So they may not have the luxury of doing a whole lot here this season. But uh, I do think they'll try to work some of the other younger guys in. Can you imagine your show next week if they lose to Virginia? No. You may need, you may need an ambulance next to you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I already I already brought the electro. I brought the electroshock machines out for this week. So. <laughs> you know, even, but look, looking at the defense, and I'm listening to your guys calling. I, I think a lot of them make good points, as you said. But if I'm if I'm sitting there with a less talented team, and I see a guy like uh, the quarterback from uh, Logan Thomas of Virginia Tech come to the line of scrimmage, and when he gets to the line of scrimmage, he sees the same defense lined up the exact same way every time he comes out of the huddle. They're they're not doing anything. I, I, why aren't they putting linebackers in the gaps, at least faking like they're going to blitz? My so a guess, kid like that is really not that good. Here, he here's my guess. three out of his last four games. Why aren't they doing that? My guess is the more they try to do, the more mental errors they have. I mean, that Virginia Tech game was a debacle in that regard. And, you know, I think they just threw their arms up and said, we're going vanilla this week. And that didn't work either because, like you said, when you're doing the same thing down after down after down, David Cutcliffe is as good an offensive coach as there is in college football. He's going to figure out what he needs to do to to get, you know, to score points. And he did. I mean, they were gashing those guys up front. I saw it. But you know what? But if you're going to lose by 18 two weeks in a row, what do you have to lose? Go after really people. Really 25. I don't. I consider yeah, right, it 25 right. But really 25. Off. But you know what? Go yeah. after people. Play aggressively. What do you have to lose? You're going to lose by 30? Who cares? I don't give a damn. I'd rather lose lot, by 30 have, and play hard than play like that. Lose, Bruce. You have a lot to lose. I mean, look at what's, what might be about to transpire here. You know, Mark D'Onofrio, who has a wife, he's got kids that are in school down here. Um, they, they made the decision to, to move their lives from – Philadelphia to South Florida, they're entrenched in youth leagues and things like that. They may have to pack up and leave. You 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 got your whole life at stake. So there's a lot to lose. But but I'm talking about if you're going to lose, and they didn't look like they were playing too well against Duke at all, except for the well, first quarter. They're not planning quarter. to lose. They're, they're, Change you know, it up. I, the only coach I've, I've seen in years that those. I mean, um, Booker T. Washington. They play aggressively. These kids are used to playing like that. Not. 10 yards off the line of scrimmage if you're a defensive back. Safety's 30 yards down the field. Come on. Can't play like that. That's just a terrible way to play. You remember when Anthony Hamlet was playing defensive tackle? What was he, 240 pounds? When, the year after Russell graduated? But the defense was still good. Why? Because they had a system, and the system worked for these guys. But this guy's well, system's I mean, not working what, for the talent that they have. What they're doing is not working. It, it's, it's not, not working. working. It's, not, it, it's not close to working, and that's why, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, he's going to re- realize that he needs some massive reform. I think it's a foregone conclusion. He's never going to say it, but I think it's going to happen. No. And I think it's going to happen. It has to happen as soon as the season's over, before the bowl game. He's got to make the announcement whether he wants to coach the bowl game or not. He's got to find somebody that's going to come in here within a week or ten days after the after the game against Pitt and get ready for the recruits and get ready and get people excited and keep the kids that are already verbally committed. That's what I think he has to do. I hope that's what he does. Yeah, we'll see. But I don't disagree. All right, all right, buddy. All, all right, talk Bruce, to you give soon. us a call next week. All right, you got it. Take care. All right, thanks for calling in. 
All right, let's go out now to the um, the six seven eight where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for holding on, man. Busy night. Hey, no, no problem, no problem at all. Who's this? Hey, this is Coach. All right, Coach, what you got? Hey, I, I got two points. Um, and one is, you know, I've been reading the boards and the kind of scene that uh, you've been saying that, you know, the Mark Nafrio is being scapegoated. You know, if 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 and if, and, if he does end up, um, no, I'm saying I don't think he let go at the end of the year. I, I'm, I'm I'm saying what I'm saying is I don't think he should be scapegoated. I don't think that this is the failure of one man. And I think that if you decide that changes need to be made, which I do anticipate, that the fair way to do it and probably the best way to do it for the program is to start from start from the from total scratch on defense. That's what I'm saying. But see, I, I don't I don't think you need to really do that in terms of starting from scratch. I think it's, it's really two individuals on that defense that have been a problem. Who? One is Mark. And two is Jeff, Jeffro Franklin. If you look okay, at now what Franklin's is that based resume, on? What is, what's that based on? Wait, time out. What is that based on? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Jeffro Franklin has never been at one position for more than a year in the last several years. Okay? At the Texans, he was there for one year. USC, for one year. When he got the Temple, he was only at Temple for the year before, the, the year that before Golden left. Okay? So he never really has a, a proven resume of developing anybody. Since he's, since he's been here, who has he developed? Okay, he, he's had Curtis Porter and he's had Luther on uh, Robinson for three years. How how is it that Renfro come whoever who couldn't start for Virginia comes in as already a starter over guys who he's had for three years? Okay, Mark's defense from what from what I see, okay, is predicated on the defensive line being able to 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 stop the run, get penetration, and get to the quarterback. That falls on right on Franklin. You have seen no development there from those guys. We have to bring in a whole starting, a whole other front four to get pressure on the on the um, on the quarterback, only on third downs. Okay, so right there, you see that that right falls right there on Franklin. That is Franklin's fault. So he has to go with Anafrio. It's three years now. Three years seeing the same thing. Every quarterback from Chase Reddick at Boston College, from the two quarterbacks at Virginia that that not there anymore, every single quarterback comes and comes and plays Miami. Their completion percentage goes up. Okay, yep. they're, they 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 come off they come off of having bad performances and bad games. They play us. They have great games. Okay. All right now, now why why you you're totally correct, but let me stop you. Why do the other two get to stay? Okay, I'll tell you why. Michael Barrow, when he when he was under, um, what was it, Levitt, the guy, the guy that Randy Shanahan had. Yeah, Coach Lovett. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna love it. Okay, then then going into Zafrio, he he has produced Colin McCarthy, All Conference player, NFL draft pick, Daryl Sharpton. Okay, Sean, uh, Sean Spence, Eddie Johnson, Denzel Perryman. We're talking about NFL draft picks, All Conference players and freshman All-Americans. So when he has talent to work with, he's been able to produce players, regardless of scheme. Okay, but okay? like, you know, do we, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying fire Michael Barrow. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just sitting here saying, how do you analyze this? Um, 
you know, I love Michael Barrow. <laughs> um, because, because but how do, how do you how do you blame how, who do you blame for the linebacker play? Not just this year, but last few years, and those guys showing up, running around like chickens with their heads cut off, not knowing who they're supposed to pick up in pass plays and things like that. Who do you blame for that? But that's the thing. Everything everything starts from the front to the back. The linebackers and the and the, and the corners have been exposed because of that defensive front. Because defensive okay, front but when you're running schemes, pressure. But when you're running schemes and and and. And guys are running free. Your tight end from North Carolina is catching ten footballs, things like that. That kid hasn't come close to catching ten footballs against anybody else they played this year. Okay. Okay. But but my point is, who get who like who gets blamed for that? Is that all the players? I, me 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 personally, and I and I tell you this, I was I was an advocate of, of we didn't have enough talent, and I think the reason why we're playing where we are playing now is because talent and depth has caught up to us. Because we were, it was different from when we played Florida. We were healthier, we were we were bigger, and now the season's going on. Death and efficiency kind of come kind of to us. But I was an advocate of us not having talent. But one thing I've seen, and I saw the Duke game with, with with Mark is okay. He has no feel for how to call a defense, and and and, and that and that's where you have it. It hasn't but what been. If what he's calling is being executed properly. Huh? Yeah. What if at times what he's calling isn't being properly executed? Which I'm sure but, is the okay, case. Okay, but okay, but look at this way. Look at pre-snap. Look at pre-snap. Go to North Carolina. Look at pre-snap. Why is there not anybody getting a jam on the tight end at I no totally point agree. during the game? Why? Yeah, why no, weren't so, they? So, I agree. So, 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 so whose responsibility is that? That's well, not, what that's if not, that's what not Michael Barrow and linebackers' fault. That's that. That's, no, that's, that's more than What if somebody was supposed call. to do it? What if somebody was supposed to do it? And they didn't do it. So, okay. Okay, so, Gary, yeah, you're telling me that throughout the whole game, throughout the whole game, somebody, whether it been Arm Brister, Gaines, everybody, anybody, has been held, was told, you go and jam the tight end, and none of them did it? I cannot believe that. I, I know they worked the entire week on stopping that guy. Now, what happened at 8 o'clock on Thursday night? I have no idea, okay? Sometimes. But I know... That they worked all week on stopping that guy, and everybody knew that that North Carolina offense was built around throwing the ball to that tight end. I look, I just cannot buy in. I cannot from from looking at that Duke game. Then that Duke game showed me something. Whether you say they went, whether you say they they went plain, they went plain and simple. Okay, Duke ran the same run play the first time. And, and I didn't see, did see never one adjusted. run blitz at all. I didn't see not one run blitz. Not one. Not okay. one run blitz. I agree. I agree. And when we when, and I tell you this, when, when we play Florida State, okay, Pruitt, ain't, ain't, I won't say he's the, the 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 this you know greatest defensive guy because I've seen him do it against Boston College. When we started gashing them with the run, he didn't do anything great. He brought down safeties into the box, started running eight nine man fronts, and played us man. He started bringing Joyner off the edge on first and second down when we started running to, to guard against the stretch plays. That's not that smart. That's that's basically stop the run, put more in the box. We just take, we just take advantage of um, man coverage, and that was that was on Steven. But we did not do that against Duke. That that is that is feel. You have you have to have feel to call a defense. Mark does not have that. That's how that's how we that's how we struggle. That's how we go from being aggressive against Virginia Tech to playing against Duke. 
Okay, that's why you don't see when we're rushing on third down and you bring in McCord and AQM. Why don't you send Denzel Perryman off the edge of one of them, like like Michigan State uses Denicus Allen? Send Denzel Perryman, but no, you have him back in coverage, and he ends up either making a mistake by following the quarterback and trying to trying to make a play, or he is lost in coverage. You're making you're making great points. All I'm saying is I think it's all of the above. I think it's everything. I think the problems are so numerous. They're so numerous and so deep and so disastrous, and that's why I say I don't see where there's any other option but to just blow up the defensive side of the football and start from the beginning. That's but, but, just, but my thing is why, why – and I'll let you go. I'll let you go to Carlos. But why let go two, two, two people who have proven to be producers? Not, not just in recruiting, but because they I don't produce fair, talent. I don't think it's fair to cherry-pick. That's just my opinion. I, I think this is a total failure. I don't think it's fair to cherry pick. I don't believe in scapegoating. I think when they did that back when Larry Coker was here, it, it destroyed the program because the rest but that, of the, but okay that was scapegoating. We was everybody knew that. It was this total was scapegoating. scapegoating. If, if, if you fire if, Franklin and D'Onofrio, you're justified. Everybody sees it. We we see it. I don't think anybody would would necessarily argue, but you know, I what my my point is, I don't think that anybody is blameless in any of this. I think it's a total failure. And it'll be interesting to see how he deals with it, you know? It, it really will. I, I, I don't think you just fire Mark D'Onofrio. You know, maybe it does end up being D'Onofrio and Franklin. We'll see. We don't know. You know, we'll True. see. Anyway, hey, hey, thanks for calling. I'm going to try to go rapid fire here and look, get, get some people in uh, before we hey, go, go ahead, off tonight. Man. The, yeah, give us a call um, next week. Thanks for yes, calling. Yes, sir. All right, everybody on hold. I'm going to try to get to as many of you here. I'm going to go overtime for you. Um, let's try to make some quick points here and, 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 and keep them brief. Uh, we're going to start out in the 805 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Hello? All right, let's go now. 561, you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? How's it going? Doing good. What's shaking? Uh, no, this is amazing. What's going on? So, so listen, Gary, I mean, I think everyone's got to just take a deep breath, calm down. I was throwing the remote down as hard as anyone else, you know, thinking we need to fire everybody on the defensive side. And I think just everyone needs to calm down. Everyone across the nation is playing juniors and seniors, and I'm just going through the list of the 2010 and 2011 class, and it's just it's it's disgusting. I mean, I'm just counting the front seven here. You got guys like Jeffrey Brown, Tavadis Glenn, Kevin Nelson, David Perry, Andrew Tolman, oh. Delmar Taylor, Travis Williams. I mean, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. You know? Yeah, it's a I disaster. Mean, if this happened at any other school, they'd be in the same exact position. Even Nick Saban would be in this position, as everyone's saying. Yep. You know, so they just need to calm down, take a deep breath. Now, where I think there may be some benefit but, um, but, in getting but, but, rid of the you got to bring in new... Yeah, go ahead. Just stop you for one second. I'm, I'm not sure calming down being, being in denial about your problems. I think you have to strike the balance. Oh, no, that's why That's why I think I think Golden's a smart enough guy that he's going to make changes, and unfortunately he may have to let go of his best friend because he realizes that you know, there needs to be some new ideas, and he's staying stagnant by sticking with this guy, not only in his last program, but now here. You know, he may need to bring in a guy that runs a really aggressive 4-3 just to, like, freshen things up. But I think you can't just sit here and say, oh, do we have worse talent than Duke? Well, honestly, when you read the 2010 and 2011 class, we may have worse talent than Duke, especially along the front seven. All our stars are coming from the secondary. 
on the defensive side of the ball. We have nobody at defensive tackle, and our defensive ends are honestly a bunch of tweeners. So yep. I don't see where everyone thinks that, you know, our linebacker core is atrocious when you hold it up to well, University of Miami. I think going forward what they would like to do is these guys that are playing defensive end, like McCord and Muhammad, I think they'd like to move them back to linebacker if they can and, and, and then get a little bit bigger up front. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, let me let That's you go great, this but you've got you to blame them, too. You've got to blame them, too. They haven't, they haven't recruited well enough along the defensive line. And totally agree. Yeah. That's, that's part right. of what I talk Thanks, about Ray. when I say total. It's part of what I talk about when I say total failure. And if, if you're honest, you see it as a total yeah, failure. That's, it where, is. That's, where, that's where this staff in particular has failed. Yeah. Yep. No. No argument. Hey, give us a call next week. We'll we'll uh, go, we'll go more in depth. Thanks for thanks for calling. Um, we'll do. Going to go over time here for a few minutes. Let's uh, go nine oh four right now. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Um, how you doing tonight? You there? Hello. All right. Let's um, go to another one in the nine oh four where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? All right, we'll go one last time here now. 407, you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Hello? You there? Um, no, your, your connection's bad. I'm gonna have to le- I'm gonna have to let you go because we're right at the end of the show here. Apologies, um, but you know, give us a call next week a little earlier, and we'll be sure to get you on. Um, 305, you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? You there?